Hello, welcome back to the Out of Office podcast. My name is Fiona Thomas and I will be your host for today and every other episode of the podcast. Don't know why I said that. (laughs) I am coming to you today with a really practical episode with kind of a, a bit of a, I guess, audio tutorial on how to host an online event. This is something that, well, I'm recording this in May 2021 and this is obviously like a year on from when the whole world went online because of Covid. So I know that lots of people have shifted real life events onto virtual events and it's been really successful for a lot of people. For a lot of businesses it's been a great solution to not being able to meet up in real life for businesses it's been a great way to socialize with people and for me it's been a a really great earner to be quite honest it's been a really good way for me to top up my income by hosting one-off workshops eh, about lots of different topics so if you followed me for a while you will know that I am a freelance writer but I do I like to do lots of different things I like to do lots of um working with small businesses, I like to work with one-to-one clients, I do a bit of mentoring, I also host uh, virtual writing courses that are that last anywhere from like four weeks to three months. So, and I host all that online, but what I want to talk about today is just to host one, like a one-off workshop or virtual event online, because as I say, it's such a... Um, for me, it's a really like low, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> like it's low stress, low impact for me. Like I'm an introvert. So one hour of hosting a workshop online is perfect for me because it's a short burst. If you've ever been to one of my workshops, you'll know that like I do bring lots of positive vibes and lots of energy to the workshop. Um, and I do that because it's, it's just an hour and it's virtual and it's great because there's no need to travel to get to an event blah 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 I mean I know everyone like lots of people are desperate to get back to real life events but personally I've found kind of making this switch to hosting online workshops and events has been really really you know selfishly <laughs> really beneficial to me um, not just as a business like from a financial point of view but from a mental point of view you know I talk a lot about mental health all the time and making your business work for you and actually hosting online workshops is perfect for me it's just perfect because I get a lot of social anxiety I get travel anxiety when I have to get trained to a new place and all that kind of thing so hosting stuff for- virtually is just a dream come true to me so I feel like lots of people um, created content around how to do this last year and to be honest that was me just learning how to do it so I didn't really feel like in a position to kind of give people advice but now that I've been doing it for a year I've hosted I don't know I've hosted like each course twice and I've hosted probably about 10 workshops and they've all been really successful um, I feel like now I'm in a good position to take you through how I do it. Might not necessarily be the way other people host their online events, but it's the way I do it. Um, it's relatively easy and it's been pretty successful for me. So I thought I would take you through what I know and what I've learned from a year of doing it. So the first thing, or well, before we go any further, if you want to like 
experience what one of my virtual workshops is like, then I'm hosting one called How to Make Money as a Freelance Writer and that is on Thursday the 27th of May, which if you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, that is tomorrow night, so you've just got time to nab a ticket. Um, So if you're interested in making money as a freelance writer, then that is the one for you. And if you're just interested to see how I actually, how the workshop comes across from a customer's point of view, then you could always always come along and just have a nosy and take some notes and I always send out a replay as well so even if you can't make the live training um, which is on at 7pm UK time then don't worry because I'll always send out a replay of the video. Okay so the first thing I'm going to take you through kind of the basics of like coming up with the idea for the event and then through to the logistics of actually making it happen because that's what I get a lot of questions about. First first of all, is to get clear on who your audience are. Who are you trying to target? What are their pain points? What do they need help with? And where is your area of expertise? So if you think of a Venn diagram and there's a big circle with your audience and all their wants and all their needs and all their struggles, and then a circle which has got you and all your skill set and your passions, and where do those two overlap? So for me, um, the kind of thing that people want is they want to learn how to write more regularly, they want to maybe break into writing as a career, they want to go freelance, they want to just be more creative. And my skill set is really making people feel inspired and giving them the practical tips to get started on their kind of beginner's journey. I'm not qualified to be giving people um tips on how to write a novel like there's no way that I could do a workshop on how to write a novel if you follow me on Instagram you'll know that I'm in the very early stages of writing a novel so I'm definitely still learning um but I have published two non-fiction books so I've written a business book I've written a memoir I've been through the publishing industry I know what it's like and I also come from a background of no um, formal writing experience so I don't have a degree in English I didn't study journalism or anything like that so um, that's my speciality is really helping people who have got no experience and also lack quite a bit of confidence with getting into writing so that that's my kind of niche I suppose in my my USP for for how I kind of position my workshop so just you have a think about who you can target, who you can really help, who you already help in your day-to-day life or in your freelance business and how can you transfer that into a workshop. Now what I see a lot of mistakes I see a lot of people making in a workshop is that they make the they make it too broad so they make it like everything you need to know about SEO and it's like <laughs> that is quite that is quite a broad topic and what you risk doing is you've got all the knowledge and what you risk doing is just overwhelming the people that come along with too much knowledge and you'll find when you go to write your notes and when you go to put your slides you'll go like oh my god that I don't I don't have enough time I've you know the workshop's only an hour long how am I going to possibly tell everybody my audience every single thing they need to know about SEO so I think it's a really good idea to get very specific on your workshop. So you might want to you might want to um, adapt that to something like how to make your blog post SEO friendly or 
a beginner's introduction to SEO. So yeah, getting more specific on what you can cover in 60 minutes because as I'll say later on, I do think six, between 60 minutes and an hour and a half is the sweet spot for a workshop unless you're really positioning it as a half day or a full day um, kind of course or workshop. I do think most people, especially right now when we're all kind of burnt out from living through a pandemic, I think an hour is a sweet spot and that's pretty much the maximum of what people can mentally cope with at the moment. So I've just scrolled through Eventbrite um, to see what like examples of really specific workshops. So <laughs> here's one called Comedy Crossing, the Animal Crossing stand-up comedy show. That's brilliant. If you're into Animal Crossing and you're into comedy, then you know from the get-go that that's for you. There's also one called, and this shows you the, the kind of broad different industries that can use online events. This one's called Knee Pain Corrective Exercise Workshop for Women Only. There you go. So if you're a woman with knee pain, you'd sign up for that straight away. Um, another good example, Vegan for Beginners. Really good. If you're, you know, curious about getting into veganism, you'd probably sign up for that. So yeah, have a look on um, Eventbrite. I, I do that quite regularly and just have a look and see what other people are making events about because it's really inspiring and just helps you kind of broaden your mind to what you can talk about, but definitely get specific. If you can, maybe interview or do some market research with your clients or your target audience and figure out what it is they're struggling with. And a good thing to do is if people come to you with the same problem again and again, say it's something like, say you're a declutterer and people are like, oh, I just really need to organise my wardrobe, then just rephrase that, like take that phrase that they've came to you with, that question, and turn that into the workshop title. So just some, something as simple as how to organise your wardrobe. There you go. Um, using, the, using your client or your customer's language and kind of using that in your title can be a really effective way to get people interested. My next tip is to consider pricing. If you have a look at online events, they vary wildly in uh, the amount of money that people charge, which is great. I think it's really good because there's, there's always an event for every budget. Um, so you, you could do free events if you wanted to experiment. I would definitely recommend doing free events. However, <laughs> what I will say is if you post a free event, you might find you get a lot of people signing up. You might get 50 or 60 people sign up, but be prepared for not as many people to actually show up live because it's just the way our minds work. We'll happily sign up for something that's free, but then when it comes to actually giving up our time to sit down and take part, we're less likely to actually do it. I do it all the time, sign up to free events, and then I get the notification saying your event starts in an hour. And I think, oh, I can't be bothered. Whereas if I pay money for an event, pay £5, £15, £20, I'm much more likely to go along and actually pay attention. I talk a bit about that in Out of Office um, when I did an interview with Alice Benham. We spoke about um, perceived value and how important that is for your audience. So definitely go and read that chapter if you're interested in learning more about that. So think about what your customer can afford and what value you are offering. So if you're offering something that could potentially make them a lot of money themselves or if it could, if it's a little, you know, a tip that's actually or a tutorial that's going to completely transform their lives in some way, I can't imagine how. I mean, I guess 
that corrective knee pain if you know that like you would normally charge someone 60 pounds for a session to come along and and that's what you would show them in that session then maybe that's that's the value maybe you're like well it's less impact for me split it split the difference and we'll charge 30 pounds it really is up to you to figure out how much to charge but I do think you've got to find that balance between charging enough so that people see the value and want to come along but then also making it affordable and in line with people's expectations of what they would pay for an online event unfortunately when things are online people just will often think oh it's not it's not as valuable as something in real life Hopefully that's changing. I think a lot of people have kind of changed their thinking around that over the last year and actually actually place a lot of value on things that are online now because it helps me, um, means I can fit it into my day more. It means I've got the flexibility of um, doing it from my desk at home. To me, there's actually a lot of value in online events, but people's everyone's perception is different. So think about what, yeah, what you're audience can afford are they like are you targeting unemployed people if so what is their budget realistically if you're then again if you're targeting like I don't know CEOs then they're probably going to have a lot more money so you could price it in line with what they would expect to pay bear in mind what your sales targets are you know how much think about how much work is going into this workshop how long are you going to prepare for it how much is it how much time is it going to take up how many years have you spent to actually be qualified to maybe talk about this things for example if you're with that osteopath talking about corrective knee um advice then you are a true expert in your field and you should charge accordingly but bear in mind what your target is how much money like what's the bare minimum that you would like to make for doing this one workshop and bear in mind that the more workshops you do the more events you do over time in my experience, the more people sign up every time because they know that they can trust me, they know that my events are really good and really fun and not everybody has the capacity, the time, the budget to show up to this event that you are posting so they might actually be waiting for the next one. So don't be disheartened if you um, you're, you don't meet your sales target but I do think it's good to set one and then think realistically well, how many people are going to show up? How big is my audience? How big is my email list? How many followers have I got on Instagram? How many people do I think are going to come along to this? So realistically, then how many tickets am I going to sell? So if your budget is, or if your sales target is £500 and you think, well, I could probably, likely, maybe 30 people will show up to the event and be willing to pay, then... If I do £500 divided by 30, then that works out at about £17 a ticket. So you could charge £17 a ticket and give it a go. It's a bit of trial and error to see what works for you. I've tried lots of different pricing structures. I've tried free events. I've tried pay what you can afford. So people pay, lots of people paid like £5. Some people paid £20. And then I've, I've gone... The highest I've charged, I think, is £39. So I charged £39 for a creative writing workshop that I did, but it was a it was a half-day workshop. So we started at 9 in the morning and finished at midday. So it was more time and more of, like, kind of bridged that gap between a, a workshop and a fully-fledged course. And at the moment, I'm kind of, I like, I like 19 
for some reason I really like £19 for <laughs> for my event uh, tickets and that seems to be going really well. Yeah, so think about pricing, how many people you think are going to come along. And now I am going to talk a bit about promotion but first of all I want to talk about the logistics because you can't promote the event or you shouldn't promote the event until you've actually got the page up where people can go and click through and buy a ticket, right? So, two things that I use to host my online uh, events are Zoom, of course, what else? <laughs> and Eventbrite. So, essentially, a Zoom is how I host the actual event. That's how I see people and people see me and how I present and how I get audio visual across the interwebs. And Eventbrite is how I actually sell the tickets and then communicate with people to let them know where to show up and how to take part. So I'll go with Zoom first. So hopefully you are fully aware of what Zoom is. It's like the 2021 version of Skype basically. And it's great because you can have lots of people all sign up together. They can come along and you can present slides on video and they can chat to you in the chat box and you can record the video. And it's kind of like a private private meeting where you send out the link, people click through the link, you give them a password so they can attend and yeah it's just like having it's a virtual event. So Zoom is really good for that. The I know a lot of people use the free version and the thing about that is it cuts off after 40 minutes so you would only be able to host a workshop that is 40 minutes long which to be honest might sound easy but by the time you introduce yourself and you start talking and then you maybe have time for questions or you have to answer questions as people go on and there might be technical issues I don't think 40 minutes is really enough so 40 minutes might be fine for like catching up with friends but if you want to actually host an event then I think the paid version is is really really worth the the small amount that you have to pay so I'm on the, I think it's called the Zoom meetings plan and it's about £15 a month and that means that you can have up to 100 people in a meeting. So it's different to the webinar option. So the webinar option would mean that basically the only person on screen is you and you just see how many people are watching and they can talk to you in the chat. The version that I use is just the meetings option so it's cheaper. That's why, that's why I'm laughing because I'm a cheapskate. It's cheaper and it means that it's a meeting. So it means you can see everybody in the who's in the meeting. So you can see their camera if they've got it on. And if you choose to, you can like let them speak. So you can have them all on mute when you're talking, but you can turn the audio back on and they can turn their audio on as well so that they can, they can talk back and forth. So I personally think that's fine. If you were having like... 500 odd people at your event then it's maybe not it's not logistically that good because people can turn their mics on and interrupt you and stuff like that but I find for smaller groups um, the most I've ever had in the meeting is 99 I think for me it works fine so if you're just starting out I do think the the meeting option is absolutely fine you just need to ask people to stay on mute throughout the meeting and it doesn't ever really cause an issue so like I say, that's about £15 a month. It means that you can have up to 19 people in the meeting and you can have, you can, 
let it play for longer than 40 minutes so you can have your workshop can be an hour two hours or whatever as long as you want and then you can record it and that's something that I always recommend is that you record your uh, workshops and it means that anybody who misses it can watch the replay um, and that's I'd say that's like the most the most common question whenever I announce that I'm doing a workshop people always DM me and say I can't make that day are you going to send out a replay and the answer is always yes because there's no there's no like downside for me to do that um, the only the only risk is that they might people might then send the link to their friends and they might watch it and have not paid for it but to be honest that's that's a risk I'm willing to take if people want to do that that's okay share the love I can't I can't exactly stop people from doing it so to me to give people the flexibility to watch on replay and I know a lot of people that come to my workshop do watch the replay and they'll maybe go back and watch it like two or three times um, I just think it's a really great benefit to offer people so that's zoom uh, the next thing I want to talk about is Eventbrite. Now, if you don't know what Eventbrite is, it's basically, you probably have used it to go to an online event or a real life event. It used to be mostly for real life events back in the day. It's basically kind of like, kind of like Google for events. Like you can go there and search for events all over the world in your area, online, real life. Um, and you've just got such a huge range of events to choose from and the reason I like it is because first of all it helps me reach more people so I can put um, a link to my Eventbrite sales page in my Instagram bio I can send it out to my email subscribers so I can easily tell my audience about it but it also means that I reach anybody who is using the Eventbrite website and I don't know how many people are using the Eventbrite website, but it's a lot because <laughs> it is the main the main website for online events. So I know that some people do just find me from going on Eventbrite and typing in like writing workshop or freelance workshop and they'll find me that way because you can put keywords and stuff um, and pick your title accordingly so that when people search for workshops, your thing will come up. So you can actually reach new customers that way. And I think Eventbrite is really good for that. I also really like the fact that you can link up Eventbrite to Zoom. So once you've got your Zoom account and you make your Eventbrite page, you can basically just click a button that integrates Zoom and it will set up the event link and everything for you. So then when you go into your calendar, your event's there, your the link that you need to send people from Zoom is already set up. So it's just really nice the way it integrates pretty seamlessly. Eventbrite also sends out automated emails which I love um because basically the other way I take payments at the moment is via PayPal so for my courses if you ever bought a course for me on my website you type in um your PayPal details and you pay that way but then I have to manually go in and take your email address out and then um, put you into a segment on MailChimp and then email you about the course that way so it's quite clunky um, but it's fine with small numbers but when I'm doing an event that's got like potentially 99 email addresses I can't I can't be doing with that <laughs> so Eventbrite is really good because it will capture the person's email address make sure it's all GDPR compliant and, and all that and then they'll automatically send them out a reminder that says like 
here's your um, confirmation that you've bought a ticket to this event and then it will also I think it's two hours or a day the day of the event a reminder that your event is today here's the link and also two hours before the event saying your event's about to start so to me that's like so 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 helpful <laughs> so helpful that that's all integrated and set up for me the only thing I would say is sometimes it's kind of not obvious where the where the user is supposed to click to join the live event so what I do is and it's very very easy there's a marketing email section within your um, event organizer page and you can go in and you can tweak your emails so when you're setting up your sales page you can go into the email marketing thing and just tweak the automated email and just add in your zoom link to make it really clear so that people know where to click so it, honestly that takes about two minutes um, and it's something that isn't essential but I've just noticed like I say of a year of doing this I do get some people confused about where to click and that that really helps another good thing about Eventbrite is that it just deals with all the payments for you so if you are in your early stages of setting up business and you don't have like a shop function on your website then Eventbrite is great because it it, it deals with all that all you need to do is hook up your um or choose whatever bank account you want the funds to get paid into and then they will pay the money into your account after the event also Eventbrite I think is pretty much like accepted and trusted by most people so people are happy to sign up via Eventbrite and just gives you I guess that extra kind of layer of trust especially if you're a new freelancer or new business owner Eventbrite could just be a good place to yeah get people's trust um, especially when you're taking payments Another thing just to remember is that Eventbrite is free to use. So your um, Zoom, the plan I use is about £15 a month. Eventbrite is free. So if you're putting up a free event there, you would pay nothing at all. But if you are charging for tickets, Eventbrite will take a fee out of the money that you make. So they will take 3% plus 49 pence Per ticket so just something to bear in mind I actually think the fees are fine um for what I've for what I've used it like I've found it to be pretty negligible uh, and definitely worth paying the fee just for how easy it is to use um with all the automated emails and, and taking payments and stuff like I find it really really worth the money and what you can do is you can it gives you the choice to absorb those fees into your ticket price or pass the fee onto the customer so if you um if you were charging like 10 pounds a ticket then you've set it at 10 pounds but when the customer looks at it it won't be 10 it wouldn't be 10 pounds it would be 10 pounds plus 3.5 percent plus 49 pence so i've tried it both ways where i pass the fee onto the customer and then i've also tried it where i absorb the fee and i think me absorbing the fee is better because I'll tell you why it's, it's a silly reason people think you're daft because you've chosen a really random <laughs> amount of money you, you've set your ticket fee at like 11 pounds 49 pence and they're just like why why have you chosen this amount so I, I choose to absorb the fees and just price accordingly that would be my advice so I think when you go to set up your Eventbrite um, actual event, the I do think the 
user interface is pretty intuitive so I'm not going to go too too in depth into this bit because I do think it's really simple to use. Just make sure that your title, the title of your event is really simple and searchable. So what are people searching for? So for example, last year I did an, um, an event about um, Instagram, like writing better Instagram captions and I thought I was being really smart and called it find your instagroove and actually that was kind of stupid because nobody was searching for instagroove <laughs> it sold it sold fine it's, it was a it was a really good event and i sold a lot of tickets via my own social media channels but i don't think many people were searching for instagroove <laughs> so that was a bit stupid on my part so choose a simple title that really gets across what people are going to get from the workshop what is it about and what are they going to get what's the benefit to them taking part and yeah, think about what people are actually searching for when they when they go to um, the Eventbrite search bar. You can add in some artwork just to, it's really simple, it's just be the banner um, and it'll be, so it'll be like the top of the page and it'll also be wherever you link. So if you link it on Twitter or if you link the page um, in an email or whatever, when someone clicks on it, they'll see this artwork. So you could either just have like a, a kind of stock image. So I've done it where it's been like a picture of a laptop or someone writing a note in a notebook, or you could create your own graphics in Canva. If you haven't heard of Canva, it's a really, really handy website that helps you make your own graphics. So you can make an actual graphic that's got words and images and stuff on it. So I wouldn't overthink that part. I personally use graphics with, and I put the title on the graphic just because I think it makes it, quite eye-catching and easy for people to read so if you do that just make sure it's really it's really kind of simple so like you know white text on a black background or vice versa I normally do like yellow text on a pink background to have it in keeping with my branding but yeah just make it simple and easy to read in your description of your sales page again I would say make it simple what are people going to learn from this think back to your, your target audience, what are their interests, what are their pain points, what are they struggling with and how is this online event going to help them or make them feel better or give them what they need to kind of be on their way to solving this problem. Keep the description short and I always use, I always do like maybe like, I don't know, four or five sentences about what the event is, is going to be about, what the problem solves or what problem it solves and then I do normally like four or five bullet points of like this is this is the need to know information of what you'll get from the workshop like what you'll learn will be a Q&A yes there's a replay available all that kind of stuff so I'll leave the link in the show notes if you want to you can go and have a nosy at my um, sales page obviously don't copy and paste it but you can use it for inspiration so yeah keep it simple and yeah always put in the description if you're going to give people a replay because I know from personal experience if I'm thinking about buying an event and or, or signing up to an event it doesn't say that they've got replay then I'm always like mm, I'm not sure just in case I miss it but if, but if they explicitly say that they will send out a video replay then that just could be the thing that tips me over from not buying to then being like yeah okay I'll buy a ticket. So now you've got all that set up, you want to think about promoting your event. So I would say give yourself about two weeks, at least two weeks to promote the event. And 
if you want more details on how to prom- effectively promote yourself and promote launch an event then I would definitely go back to the two-part podcast series that I did earlier in the month there was the my launch strategy and then my specific Instagram strategy that's the basically the kind of system that I used to launch my last writing program and it sold out in 36 hours so if you want to do a more of a deep dive on how to promote your event then I would highly highly recommend you listen to those two episodes because I really go deep into the nitty gritty of my strategy and what content I posted and all the different platforms I used and all that kind of stuff so all I'm going to say just now would be give yourself at least two weeks to promote the hell out of your event um, talk every day or at least every other day on your social media platforms or in your email list or on your podcast or wherever on your website on your blog keep talking about your event you can't just announce it once and then think that oh I told people once <laughs> because people don't listen people forget people need constantly reminded so give yourself two weeks to really have a good run up and talk about it as much as possible and demonstrate your value and let people see what they're going to get from the event and you can tailor all your content to point towards that event and use that as the call to action in all of your content so the next stage now that you've promoted your event you know it's the event you want to do you've got your pricing sorted you've got the logistics sorted what don't worry I went all nasally there that's just what I do when I'm trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about Um, (laughs) so what happens when you actually have to host the event so a couple of things to bear in mind um if you (laughs) this is just a, a few things that I've learned along the way if you allow a waiting room in your zoom which is quite a good idea I thought um you will have to admit, click a button that admits people every time someone comes into the meeting. And that can be quite distracting because not everyone turns up on time. So sometimes you could be 15 minutes into your presentation and you don't realise that somebody's in the waiting room waiting to be let in. So the way around that is to always put a password on your Zoom meeting because if they have to put in a password, then for security reasons, there doesn't need to be a waiting room. So just a little tip there I've made that mistake before but I've had to like keep coming out my slides to check that nobody's waiting in the waiting room bit annoying so so that's a good tip and then also just do make make notes of a few little bits of housekeeping that you need to do at the start of the event so are you taking questions if so how do you want people to communicate them to you you know, do you want to hold all questions till the end? If so, say that. Or are you happy to answer questions like as you go? In which case you can say, put your questions in the chat box. So just little things like that really help people to understand what, how you're going to manage their expectations, I guess, throughout the session. Also, just always helpful to ask people to keep their microphones off. And also I always say to people, you can have your camera off if you want because when I'm attending an event I don't really like to just sit and look at my own face um, so I'm always grateful when the when the post says yeah you can turn your camera off so if you're happy for people to do that then then say that. Um, sounds obvious but 
remember to press record. You can go into your Zoom settings and make sure that stuff just records automatically. But I always, always just leave a post-it note on my desk that says press record. <laughs> or at least check that it's recording. So, because you'll be so annoyed if you get to the end of the session and you realise that you haven't recorded it. It's really annoying. I would say, like I said about thinking about the value that you're going to bring to people and and being specific about your workshop. So, um, you know, what topic you're going to cover, what specific pain point you're going to solve. Make sure that you are clear in the message that you want to get across in your 60 minute workshop. Bear in mind, there's like five, 10 minutes at the beginning where you're going to introduce yourself. There's probably going to be like five, 10, maybe even 15 minutes of questions at the end. So that's only really like 40 minutes of you having time to talk. So be really concise about the message that you want to get across. I've heard people say like, what's the, th- what's the one key thing you want people to take away from this workshop? Or even what's the three important points that you want people to remember? Because like I said before, you don't want to flood people with information. Just take it back to basics. Think about, you know, the three key things you want people to know and then focus on those throughout your your presentation or your workshop. I use, if you've ever been to my writing workshops, I quite often use exercises in the session. So I'll give people, um, I'll talk about something and then I'll say, okay, so for example, I'll talk about free writing and how free writing is really good for loosening up your creative muscles and getting into writing. So I'll talk about free writing and say how good it is and then I'll turn it on to them and say, okay, I'm going to set a timer for five minutes and you are going to do some free writing right now. So if you're going to get people to do that, make sure that you tell them that in the event page so they know what they're signing up for and so they know to bring along maybe like a notepad and a pen. Or if you're doing like, I don't know, you could be doing like a real... um like a crafty workshop, make sure that they have got the tools that they need to take part in the session. But any kind of, I don't want to say audience participation because I'm not really into that, but anything that you can do to kind of get people involved in the session is always really helpful and that's why exercises I think are really good. My friend Kirsty, Kirsty Hulse is like an exquisite public speaker and she has obviously had to learn to do everything online now and one of the things that she does a lot is she just when she's talking about something she just asks people if what I'm saying right now or at any point in this class if it resonates then say yes in the chat box so you'll see lots of people saying yes 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 and that's a really effective way to just get people involved and get you that kind of audience feedback that you would get in real life but can be quite hard to gauge when you're doing it digitally. Um, I use slides when I'm doing a workshop. I didn't used to. I used to just talk the whole time and that was fine but number one I got sick of looking at my own face (laughs) and number two uh, I just found slides got the information across a bit better um, and because of my accent as well sometimes people are like what what did you say there whereas if I've got the phrase written on um, the slides then it could just be really helpful also I think it just does give a more professional vibe if you've got nicely branded slides um, I just do mine in Canva I use a template that uh, Vix Meldrew uh, gave me very kindly from the Grow and Glow um, 
membership. I don't think that they've put them out for sale yet, but she, but there's also really good templates on Canva that you can use. Just just put in your brand colors and then and go with that. But I would say keep your slides to a minimum. Don't put loads and loads of text. I think that's like presentation 101 isn't it just use a couple of words per slide um, and it's really just as a visual aid and a reminder to you about what you're supposed to be talking about so you've done your event it's been a roaring success <laughs> the last thing I want to cover is just what you do after the workshop so you will find when you down when you press record on zoom obviously let you say goodbye to everyone blah 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 let them all out the meeting and then you will need to wait for the video to download i always choose to download the record the computer and download the computer <laughs> to record the video and download it to my own computer I, I think you can record it to the zoom cloud but i just i just choose to record it and save it to my own computer. I don't know why, it's just what I've always done. So you will need to wait a while for that to download. I find for an hour workshop it can maybe take about, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe? Maybe not even that long, but you do have to wait for that to download. And then what I do is I save that, and then I also save the slides that I've used in the presentation, and then I put them into a Google Drive folder. So I pay for a little bit of extra storage on there, and I'll just create a folder that says whatever the name of the workshop is, put the slides in there, put the video in there, and then what I do is normally the next day, I will go into Eventbrite, because remember that's got all the attendees email addresses stored and it's all got the automated email set up then what you can go in and do is say I want to email all the attendees everybody that came along to the event and I just create a really basic email that just says hi thanks for coming along to the event last night um, here is a link to all the slides and also if you couldn't make it there is a video replay in there and I just add that link and make sure that on Google Drive that um, it's accessible that anybody who's got the link can click through and access the content. I find that's just a really simple way to give people all the information that they need and also if you're being really savvy in that email you can also add in any future events that you've got coming up so if you plan ahead you could have like another event that maybe follows on from the one that you've just hosted and people might be inspired to then click through and buy or you could link to other services so you might like if you were doing your SEO workshop and actually people want to work one-to-one -one with you or they maybe want to hire you to do their SEO for them, you can always say, here's here's my contact page or here's my packages if you want to work with me. So just an, a little added opportunity to upsell your services and get a few extra sales. So once you've done all that, the next thing I would say is just use every online event that you host as a chance to kind of reflect on how it went, what went well, what went bad, <laughs> or what was disappointing, what was a surprise success, what do you think about the pricing, um, did a lot of people sign up, did people sign up and then not come along, did people drop out halfway through, um, what kind of questions did you get during the conversation, um, it's really good, Zoom is really good as well because 
it automatically when you record it records the video and also records the chat so it's quite helpful to go through the chat from the like the text chat from the event and you can see what people have said so the questions that they've asked might actually inspire you to do a future event or they might have said some really nice things like this was a really good event and you can copy and paste that and use it as a little testimonial um, to show people how good the event was so setting aside just like a couple of hours or even just an hour like the day after the event to just note down what went well what didn't go well what you want to tweak and refine for the next time is really really helpful and no matter how your first online event goes I would say keep at it because I have learned so much from doing like I say I think about maybe not even as many as 10 maybe I've only done maybe I've done less than that but um I've done quite a few over the last year and I've learned so much from the first one to, to the one that I'm hosting tomorrow night and every time it goes better, every time I sell more tickets than the last time, I'm starting to get recurring customers as well which is like the ultimate compliment so people will come to one workshop and then they'll book in to do another one, then they'll book in to do a course so commit to that process of um, you know running the same workshop again but making it even better than it was the last time and my final tip before I go because this is turning into quite a long episode <laughs> um, would be if you don't have a big audience and you are wondering how you can get people to actually sign up to your event is collaborate with other people so if you know a few other people in your industry who have also got a small following but you all want to host an event together then go for it you can host an event with another person where you both speak or three or four of you speak and yeah, it's just a really simple way to get access to, you know, pull your resources, like all that knowledge and access to everyone's audience. Even if you're hosting a free event, that can just be a really good way to raise awareness about your brand and about your services. So with that said, remember, you can come along to my workshop tomorrow night. If you're listening to this in real time, <laughs> it's Thursday, the 27th of May, 2021. 7pm and it's called how to make money as a freelance writer if you're listening to this episode in the future head to my website at fionalikestoblog.com and you will be able to see if i've got any upcoming online events that you could come along to and if you like this episode please share and tag me on instagram and do come and find me and send me a wee message and let me know if this has inspired you to set up your own online event because we love to see it and I will see you in next week's episode. Bye.